0: Good evening. That's as much as I can play for you. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Copyright 1991. Island Records released today 30 years ago. A turning point for the Irish band U2. It was at this moment though that they became international. Joshua Tree and the Unforgettable. So it began with the unforgettable fire. They started working with Daniel Lenoir and Brian Eno, legendary producers, to create this new sonic sound. And then they captured it with the Joshua Tree. I read an art was it I think it was Bono or I read it in a book that the sound of Actun baby is the sound of four guys chopping down the Joshua Tree. The Joshua Tree was dark. It was brooding. It was experimental. The Berlin Wall came down and you two saw their moment. Let's go to Berlin. Bowie had recorded there. Iggy Pop had recorded there. Berlin, at the beginning of the 20th century, that was the art mecca. If you wanted to make films, if you wanted to investigate German expressionism, film, art, literature, Exotic beginnings, dancing, whatever you wanted, Berlin had it. And this is Berlin post Berlin Wall. Wall had just come down. They start to record, and out of that comes the song "One Actum Baby," which is German for attention or add at attention. Thirty years. People have often said this is better than Joshua Tree. No, it is all, first of all, it's a recipe. It's a sonic recipe because you can't have one without the other. I want to quote George Strombolopoulos, who has an amazing show on Apple Music. I've talked about it before, Apple Music Hits. And he said something very profound that I'm going to agree with. The Joshua Tree was New Hope, Star Wars. An Actum baby was the Empire Strikes Back, and all that you can't leave behind was the Return of the Jedi. Because from Actum baby, what happened? You've got Zoo Opera, you've got the pop album, and some people claim that you two lost its footing. But Actum baby is a moment; they're in the middle. You can't go back. You can't. You have to just go forward. And that's what they did sonically. They went forward. And also the multimedia beginnings. Zoo TV. That tour was extraordinary. Okay? Think of what U2 was drawing from at that moment. And also, rock was changing. Metallica had put out the Black Album. Nirvana had... Had struck a chord with Smells Like Teen Spirit and the song the album Nevermind. It was Grunge. It was Soundgarden. The music was getting heavier. And here comes you two. Just come off Rattle and Hum and Joshua Tree. And what do they do? They make this dark, brooding, dance, electronic. Uh, industrial, I mean, uh, there's anything and everything that you could want. Woo! Yeah, it's alternative rock, it's industrial, it's electronic dance music. It's theatrical. They were seeking inspiration from the German unification. YouTube began recording Actung Baby at Berlin's hansa studios in october of 1990 the sessions were fraught with conflict as the band argued over their musical direction and the quality of their material after tension and slow progress nearly prompted the group to disband they made a breakthrough with the improvised writing of the song one morale and productivity improved during subsequent recording sessions in dublin where the album was completed in 1991 To confound the public's expectations Of the band and their music You two chose to record the album's fictitious title Colorful image sleeve Yeah they, they changed It's one of their most successful records Think of the songs that are on this album One Mysterious Ways The Fly Nominated for album of the year in fact when you 2 won album of the year decades later for how, can, how to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb they're always good with their titles because the theme and Bono says this is our second album of the year we've been nominated previously for Actum Baby and All That You Can't Leave Behind and he was referencing someone who always wants to win that category and didn't win and we're not going to mention them this is the 30th anniversary people this was this was the multimedia beginnings of the 90s. This era that we live now in 2021. Think of the early beginning of the 90s. People wanted it. They wanted- we didn't have smartphones yet. There were no tablets. As I said before, then you move into enhanced CDs where you would put the CD into the computer and it would play all these videos and all this information. And you two were on the forefront of this multimedia which Andy Warhol began with the Velvet Underground and then Pink Floyd furthered with their subsequent war- records. I know Actum Baby start to finish. That's why I opened with the beginning of Until the End of the World. That's all I could play for you because I highly respect this band. I've never seen them in concert. I came close in 2018. I was going to take someone as a birthday gift and they said no thanks. And I thought, oh. Usually, and and I was willing to pay. And usually, people, hey, yeah, let's go. Nope. So I learned. There's, a, you know, I should have just gone by myself. Should have just make the drive, drive, and boom. My God, this album. This album. This is a this is a multimedia experience, followed by the Zoo TV tour. Huh. <sighs> A worldwide concert tour titled the Zoo TV Tour like Actung Baby the tour was intended to deviate from the band's past. In contrast to the Asher stage setups of previous YouTube tours, Zoo TV was an elaborately staged multimedia event. It satirized television and the viewing public's overstimulation by attempting to instill sensory overload in its audience. The stage featured large video screens that showed visual effects, random video clips from pop culture and phrasing or flashing text phrases. The show incorpor- incorporated channel-surfing prank calls video confessionals, a belly dancer, and a live satellite transmission with war-torn Sarajevo. Woo! The tour began in February of 1992 and comprised 157 shows, almost over two years. During a six-month break, the band recorded the album Zoo Opera. Which was released in July of 1993. It was inspired by Zoo TV and expanded its themes and technology and media over saturation. <laughs> by the time the tour concluded in December of 1993, it had sold 5.3 million tickets and reportedly grossed 151 million. In 2002, Q Magazine said the Zoo TV tour was still the most spectacular rock st- tour staged by any band. The tour's 27th November 1993 concert in Sydney was filmed and commercially released as Zoo TV Live from Sydney by Polygram in 1994. Yeah. This also began the sampling. You know, U2 you went on to sample and Daniel Lenoir was known for that. It's like, okay, let's take this because, you know, he had worked with other bands The album opens with Zoo Station. Even better than the real thing. One. Until the end of the world. Who's going to ride your wild horses? So cruel. The fly. Mysterious ways. Trying to throw your arms around the world. Ultraviolet. Light my way. Acrobat. Love is blindness. Now, from what I was listening to on Strombo's show today, he talked about how you two were writing for a stage show of A Clockwork Orange, so they already had some of the tracks. You know, like they had. It was part of a dystopian type of world, and some of those tracks are going to be released. I know that they there was a deluxe edition where they had. Cause I remember oh, okay Alex descended into hell from a bottle of milk corova so yeah they were they were getting there this is you two at their best think of it think of this this band that really just they changed the landscape they changed the landscape. I personally love this album. I wore the CD out. You know you wear it, the CD. Remember CDs? I was in college, 2000. So I was listening to it over and over and over. I was singing along to it over and over. I knew the lyrics. I could lip sync it for you right now. I could sing it for you right now, but I'm not going to. This is something that I love. And here at the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast, we're talking about film and music and multimedia and how you two used it to their advantage. <laughs> this was the gay nineties. This was this was the nineties were hot. New exploration, new experimentation, yes. Bono lead vocals and guitar, the edge, guitar, keyboards, vocals, Adam Clayton, bass. Larry Mullen Jr. drums percussion. Brian Eno. Woo! Daniel Lenoir. This this is this is an iconic record. Went to number one, of course. Sold millions of records. What does each song mean to me though? That's the thing about listeners. We all This album as a whole and kinda understand in the nineties there what it was about singles <laughs> now it's like oh okay it's about tiktok <laughs> but this whole album I I, I I for me certain albums stick out because they're it's album based not single based and you know record company oh we got to throw some money in we got to have a single and what happened they put out the fly and it fell flat and then they put out Mysterious Ways, and boom! Yeah. For me, Zoo Station, that is the opener. That is the beginning of the 90s, and it's electronic, and it's distorted, and Bono is just on a roll. And the rhythm section, even better than Real Thing, is a staple. Produced by Steve Lillywhite with Daniel or Brian enyo and Lenoir. And that's the beauty is Lily White had been with the band since the beginning and he went on to produce the Dave Matthews band many great bands and then One One the so One is such a beautiful song One has an interesting story and then the video itself One was released as a benefit single with proceeds going towards AIDS research yep One is used often by the group to promote human rights or social justice causes. And the song lends its namesake to Bona's charitable organization, The One Campaign. In 2005, U2 recorded the song as part of a duet with R&B singer Mary J. Blige on the album The Breakthrough. That's true. It was a beautiful duet. Very rarely do you have that as a band that is going to share and says, look, We're going we're gonna to do this duet with Mary J. Blige. In fact, they collaborated together with Mary J. at the 2006 Grammys. That's a, that's a magical moment. And you have a duet like that between this really great band and Mary J. Blige, who is just so amazing. Queen of hip-hop soul. Until the End of the World really is my favorite. Because sonically and lyrically, I'd never heard anything like that. I know that some of it is hinting toward The Last Supper and The Apple and Adam and Eve, or in my case, Adam and Steve. So Cruel. So Cruel is such a beautiful song. I The lyrics, I mean, she wears my love like a see-through dress. You know what Bono's talking about. Who's going to ride your wild horses? I love that one because he says in the song, it's all about the lyrics with me who's gonna taste saltwater kisses so he's talking about <laughs> he's talking about a lot there's a lot of baggage in that song the fly of course the fly always struck out to me because bono is singing in falsetto very and and he would do that and usually the edge would do the falsetto so he's transitioning from different parts and and then that oh god that guitar solo by the edge That really is blinding. That is a blinding light of the 90s. That is the representation of the 90s sound right there. And Bono, the lyrics. I mean, every artist is a cannibal. Every poet is a thief. I'll kill for inspiration. And then sing about the grief. Mysterious Ways. Mysterious Ways is so beautiful because it is a universal opening. It's opening of the vanguard. And everything that Bono is singing about, to touch is to t- steal, or no, to hurt is to steal, to touch is to heal, if you want it, you know, lyrically. And then Bono's voice, Bono's voice always singing over these, I mean, it's all, that's what a, being in a band is about. Everyone putting aside their differences and gelling together. Very few bands have that The fact that you 2 they've been together since 1976. They're still together 45 years later. Woo! Hmm. Trying to throw your arms around the world. That's, That's a... When I first heard that song, and Bon is singing, you know, trying to run from you, run from you. And it's almost... Cushiony, It's it's almost like it's floating. The song has a floating aspect to it. I don't have synesthesia, but I wish I did. Alanis Moore said, I know you do. And Justin Chancellor of uh, Tool has it too. Synesthesia is where you can see colors when you're listening to songs. But I, when I listen to Try To Throw Your Arms Around the World, I just think of a mattress floating in the air. Ultraviolet, Light My Way. First of all, that is a quintessential you two song the way it opens kind of desolate the Bono's singing these lyrics you know um i want to get it wrong uh Love won't be long to me and then brrr, boom that drum beat and then it just rises into the song and that's the testament to daniel lenoir and brian e- brian you know for creating these soundscapes okay they did that with coldplay when they worked on viva la vida and the the soundscapes i remember listening to the whole viva la vida album and uh lovers in japan and thinking this sounds like you too because it's all influential it's all interconnected and i love i love the just the whole the whole idea of lighting my way which bono does so well acrobat lyrically i mean come on like I said before, Bon Bon was having fun. He's saying you can swallow and you can spit and you can throw it up and choke on it. So he he, as you know, he's playing with the double entendres and uh, wordplay right there. And love is blindness. Love is blindness is such an interesting song. The way it ends the album. Okay. And, and it's about separation and cruelness and it's, and it's very bluesy. Now this was later covered by the evervescent Cassandra Wilson. Cassandra Wilson, who is a blue a blues and jazz singer. her version okay on her 1995 album New Moon Daughter, Dutch band Kane recorded a version for their 2000 album With or Without You. Sixpence None the Richer recorded a cover for the 2004 benefit album In the Name of Love, Artists United for Africa. A rendition of Jack White by Jack White appears on the 2011 tribute album. Aktoong Baby covered. Yeah. This is a magical song. First of all, this whole album You know, as the decades go by I mean, okay 2001, 10th anniversary 2011, 20th anniversary Here we are at the 30th anniversary Of Actoom, baby And I am Like I said, I would would listen to this in my room I would sing along to it to the chagrin of some people cuz I'm an okay singer and I and I will not dare do it for you right now but Bono and the band they really rose to the occasion with this record this is it's universal yes there there are some um you could say this is their sergeant pepper it is all all bands or, perchant, or perchant, perchan, uh, per, uh, satanic majesties. Because you know, the Rolling Stones, that was their version of, uh, that was their own. Uh, you know, all bands have that moment where, okay, we're gonna be, we're gonna dive into this. It's, it, whether it's shitty or not, we're gonna dive into it. And you two were fearless and they dove headfirst. And this is Bono talking about it. Lieutenant. Size getting together and all that, it was, it was quite a trip, really. You got, they they got like, the idea for the, yeah, well, I <laughs> yeah. the yeah. thing? I don't know quite where that came from. Probably Anton Corbin, his uh, rather Beckett like sense of humor, probably. And the commercial is this car, th- this German car that falls down, it's exquisite. And so tonight, I'm going to go watch that Blood Moon. That's what I'm recording right now. I also want to throw this out here. Multimedia. Here we are talking about YouTube's Actoon Baby. A multimedia experience The tour itself as well. And Radiohead has put out... Radiohead, also influenced by YouTube. So many bands. But I'm going to mention this. Radiohead just put out... It's not a video game, but it looks like a video game. Of their... So what it is, is it's a combo of Amnesiac and Kid A. And it's a multimedia experience. This is truly, it is out of this world. I am in awe of it. It's called Kid A Amnesia Exhibition. You go in and it's this elaborate soundscape, lyrics, images, everything from Kid A and Amnesiac. So check that out. It was inspired. You know they were inspired by you too. Think of the '90s. Think of that record. They could not have made Zoo Opera without Actum Baby. They couldn't have made Pop without Actum Baby. And they couldn't have arrived at their Return of the Jedi, All That You Can't Leave Behind, followed by How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. No, no line on the horizon. Those moments, I mean, they, you can't arrive at that without, okay, we, we, we got, you two, uh, Actoon Baby is the moment. They couldn't have gone to songs of experience, couldn't have gone to songs of uh, innocence without Actoon Baby. Actoon Baby is that middle moment where, okay, we can't go back, we just, we're we going to have to go forward. So, I love this album so much, 30 years if you have any thoughts on this album, please message me. Social media: Doctor Zeus, nineteen eighty, Doctor Zeus Film podcast. Thank you, Bono. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Edge, for this beautiful sonic exploration. This is a tapestry of the nineties. Think of all that hard music, and in the crust of it is this this Irish band. Who? This is their this is their seventh album seven seven lucky seven and boom what do they do they knock people upside their head with this it was like something out of a jackson pollock painting this was you two the dripper you know they're dripping all this sonic landscape on everyone and all these songs that dripped inside of us and 30 years later it is truly astonishing as always unpleasant dreams